Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 2,343. Today, we're going to get creative. Be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today I'm back in Suwannee, Georgia, with a very special returning guest and a, well, who's become a longtime friend of mine now, Michael Ledwitz. Michael, welcome to Cars Yeah. Do you have any gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? Absolutely, my brother. I'm so happy to be back here. You know, the funny thing is, is that the little pewter 914 you sent me, I have it right on my mantle where <laughs> I'm doing this talk. And it's just, you know, listen, you become a friend and it's, uh, I miss you. You know, I've been so swamped with doing all this work and everything. I'm so grateful for it. And I'm like, you know, I got to come up. I, it's like I've become a hermit, you know, <laughs> inside the house, working out of the house. You know how it is. Well, you get that way. And uh, that little uh, pewter 914 that Michael's talking about way back when he had bought a 914, his first one. And I had this cool little pewter 914 that I had gotten years ago. So I sent him, sent it off to him as I've been in the last five years, kind of been a little bit of a purging thing of trying to minimalize my life a little bit, get rid of more possessions, focus more on experiences. So um, it was nice to be able to pay that forward to you, Michael. Now, before I introduce you and we talk about the updates and the new things, the many new things you're doing since you were last in the show, what's one little thing that maybe people don't know about you, Michael? That they don't know about me? Yeah, maybe something that's unique and different, as if you're not already unique and different. I know, this is true. That I really started to collect cars and my my passion has grown and now I have uh, three Porsches and Probably my favorite out of all of them, besides the 914, which is the most sentimental, I guess, recently with my mother passing and my dad. But I bought a 1971 Continental Mark III. Uh, It's like an Acapulco blue, like a a beautiful metallic royal blue. And it's all original. And it's like driving around your living room, literally. (laughs) And seven miles to the gallon. And that was my grandmother's car. She had a 68, uh, 68 and a half when they first came in maroon and black interior. I remember when I was three years old, climbing in that back seat. my visual memory goes to about age three. And so I remember very dearly. And every time I get in that car, it's, you know, since I'm visual anyway, I I can really feel that memory of it. And it's a time warp. So that's probably something that people don't know right now. (laughs) There you go. I love it. Well, let me introduce you and we're going to catch up with what's going on in your world. Michael Ledwitz is an automotive artist and car collector, as he said, whose professional career in automotive art began after he was involved in a near fatal car accident way back in 2005. Creating art was a therapeutic way to recover and relax and his talents progressed as people began commissioning his works of art. His drawings and paintings have expanded to prints, even sneaker art, aprons, shower curtains, and more. Recently, Michael's work was featured in the June 2023 issue of Porsche Panorama Magazine. That's the Porsche Club of America magazine, which I think I've been getting that since high school. He was commissioned to create art for Carol Shelby's 85th birthday in Las Vegas. He was featured artist for the 2018 Atlanta Concord Elegance. And recently, 
Now he's working on the creation of a, a TV show as well. So we'll get caught up in all that, but first a word from our sponsors. So give them a little love and we'll be right back. Buckle up. For several years now, you've heard me talk about Linkage Magazine. I've been a subscriber since the start. They're talented and creative team brings you a spectacular publication and website that shares the automotive passion from a worldwide perspective. Linkage is about driving, restoring, collecting, and firsthand experience at collector car auctions and more. They bring you real-world values plus rational, experienced opinions on the current markets. They cover the automotive world and the people who share our passions. And Linkage Magazine has grown, mailing you six issues annually. Join me on this journey with Linkage. They're geared for the automotive life. You can subscribe at LinkageMag.com. Years ago, when it was time to renew my collector car insurance policy, my carrier's rates went up, way up. But my usage was the same, and I never made a claim. I didn't even have a ticket. So what's with that? So I turned to American Collector's Insurance. Has your collector car insurance recently raised your rates for no good reason? Tired of paying an annual membership fee? Then it's time to look around and call American Collector's Insurance. I shopped around, I asked friends for recommendations, and found a winner that I can trust. And boy, I'm glad I did. I saved hundreds of dollars every year and slept better at night knowing my baby was properly insured. American Collectors Insurance have been protecting vehicles since 1976. They provided me with an agreed value insurance policy backed by their history of taking great care of their clients. What could be better than that? So give them a call and ask for a quote today. 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866 224 9324 and protect the ones you love like I did with American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. Did you know that Cars Yeah is in the top 1% of all podcasts based on listenership according to Libsyn, the premier RSS feed for podcasts in the United States. That's right. And Cars Yeah is the only five-day-a-week automotive-focused podcast for you to get your message into the ears of thousands of listeners daily from all over the world. Plus, DuPont Registry recommended Cars Yeah is one of their top 10 car podcasts for you to enjoy. Cars Yeah has experienced tremendous growth, plus your ads are evergreen, meaning they never go away. And more and more listeners find Cars Yeah every day for their daily dose of automotive inspiration. Do you want to expose your brand to a highly targeted list of automotive enthusiasts in a very unique in very personal way, well, I can help you. Contact me, Mark Green, at mark at carsyad.com or through the website at carsyad.com today to learn more. So, Michael, since you were last on the show and you listeners can go back and find a Michael's first appearance here on Cars Yeah. It was back in 2018, uh, about the same time of year. It was August. Uh, he was guest number 1,106. Let's catch up with what's going on with you today. And I want to start with the appearance in Porsche Panorama magazine because I've been getting that magazine for years. I opened it up uh, just a few weeks ago and I went, hey, I know this guy. And that's what brought us back together today. So how did that all happen? Well, being <laughs> being obsessed trying to get into it, most recently I was I started doing a lot of auctions and, and so forth. And the clients that I met, we're big into the Porsche community and they kept on saying, you got to get in Panamera magazine. I'm like, all right, how do I, well, send them your stuff. You know, it's like, it's almost like an interview that you have to reach out. So I was literally reaching out to the wrong people <laughs> for like almost two years. 
And so I know Vu and he was like, you know, reach out to this gentleman. And so I would reach and I didn't hear back. And the guy's very busy. So when I was at the works reunion in March, I was, I, I got third place in my class with the 914. And I was so excited. I'm up at the, uh, getting my award. And I overhear that this is the guys there. And I'm kind of a big guy. I, I'm six feet at about 240 and hopefully going downward. Uh, <laughs> we <laughs> all are working on that, my friend. <laughs> yeah. But I, I saw the guy and I said, hi. I said, I'm Michael Lewis. How are you? I've been trying to get a hold of you. And I was literally, he was in a chair and I was literally hovering over the poor the guy. I was like a mob collector, for God's sake. And I'm like, give me your number. I'm like, you know, I've been trying to reach in. Let me give you a number. You know, I said, I'm sorry. I said, I know it's kind of a great. I said, but, you know, you got to seize the moment. This is what you got to do. So anyway, so I get the stuff. I'm back over at a booth of the Panamera. And there's this gentleman there who heads up with uh, the PCA bike, Jim. Uh, and he goes, you're, you're doing it all wrong. You, you got to just give me your information. I'll put in the right contents. And then if they like it, they'll like it and so forth. So I was like, oh, that's so great. Thank you so much. So within like three days, I got a call and they're like, listen, we love your stuff. We're, why have you been? I'm like, I had no idea. I've been trying, you know, I didn't know. So they, that's how I got in Panamera magazine. And so I got interviewed and it's just it, honestly, for me, the love I have for the brand has been lifelong. So, and cars in general and all this other stuff, but really Porsche, I mean, the pictures of the 930 when I was a kid, my entire room was plastered with all of my Motor Trend magazines that my grandfather bought me a four-year subscription just prior to him passing away in 1982 at, when he was 70. And so I had four years of all this love from him and, you know, Porsche was it. And my, my parents weren't able to afford that. You know, we drove around in Pontiacs and, you know, I had a little Fiat Brava that, you know, my grandmother left me when I was 14. And that's a whole nother story. We basically rebuilt the car in three years and the car was five grand. And we spent four grand. I remember trying to rebuild the thing because my grandmother wanted me to have it. My dad was like, all right, he felt guilty. <laughs> so, but uh, our neighbors had Porsches and this gentleman named Mr. Whitlock and he had uh, 83 944 in the champagne, the sand, the champagne color. Then he had an 85 911 in the red. And then he had the car. It was an 86 garnet red with like a light gray interior, 930 turbo. Oh, wow. And I would drive, well, you know that very well because <laughs> it was the orange car. Yeah, sure. 80s turbos. Yeah. Cool. Oh. And he only put 8,500 miles on the car. He, saw, he paid about 85 grand for it. This was back in 86, 87. And uh, I, we would go in the garage. I never drove in it. And we would go in the garage and I would just stare at the car. And he looked like a movie star. This guy, Jim, uh, six foot three or six two, and just a massive voice, very deep baritone. And he was just an incredible mentor. Besides my, my father and my parents. But it just, he was incredible. So anyway, so that's where the love came from. And here I am. And now I'm in Panamera and I'm like, holy crap. And I'm like, this is unbelievable. And so I got the magazine and I opened up the magazine the other day and I'm just looking at it. Oh, it's just like a dead silence though. It's just, it's a weird thing. It's just, it doesn't seem real. <laughs> I, I, I guess it just doesn't. It's a very odd thing. You work so hard for things and you push so hard and you try and do it with honorable intentions you know it's always about your word as my father would say your word is everything and you know you just do the right thing and it's not always about the cash it's always about it's your reputation that's the most important thing everything else is a secondary thing yeah you know so that's where i'm at so i'm looking at this thing and 
that was that. And then I called you the other day and I'm like, what do you, you know, you said, and he's like, yeah, let's do it. And I'm like, all right, this is awesome. You know, I'm back with my brother. So <laughs> well, it's uh, very cool. And congratulations. And you know, we've talked about this before. And I talk with guests about challenges and things and, and trying to make it in the art world is, is a huge challenge because of so many different variables and things like that. But when you think about where you've come from, and that's a, a good way to start versus where you are now, because we always want to be bigger than we are. I think everybody wants Correct. to be more successful than they are, no matter what they're doing. But when you think about your your transition and your move through the art world, what would you say have been some of the biggest challenges that you've faced with the the entire thing? Because you've, you've, you've done it. You've created art. You sell art. You always want to sell more art. Yeah. And we talked, to, we had a long, uh, for you listeners, about a half hour talk about that before we got on the, the show here. But um, oh, yeah. yeah, what are, yeah. what are some of the challenges that you found? And, and even better yet, what are some of the uh, obstacles you have overcome with those challenges? Well, I think the the biggest challenge is starting from scratch. But also, I think the biggest challenge for people is to believe in yourself. And as I know, I'm saying a choppy because I'm really visualizing what I want to say out here because I want to be able to help. I, I think the biggest obstacle is to believe in your product, believe in your vision of what you're doing. And you have to have that 100% conviction of faith that, you know what, this is the right move. Because a lot of times you'll be like I paint when I paint, I'm, you know, I don't, I have my student, but it's my house. And, and so, you know, the family's here and, you know, I may get um, ideas and thoughts from, you know, my wife or my kids or what have you. And it's just, it's a totally different direction, but it's also their perception of what they perceive to be, to be their reality. And I'm like, no, that's not working. Just let me do what I got to do. And they're like, but you should do this. You should do that. And I'm like, no, no, no. And every time I try that, cause I'm like, you know, maybe it's, it's always spending three days trying to correct what suggestion was made. Not that it was made bad. It's not, it's just, that's what they see. That's their uh, view. That's what they crave for. For me, it's like, I've got to do what's that, what's inside of me. And I think also the other thing, and I know this is challenges, but that I've overcome, but the one thing that I've learned that I heard from Steven Spielberg recently is how did you become so successful? It's, well, it's not listening to the little voice inside your head. It's listening to the whispers, the whispers <laughs> now, that are so now, What do you mean by those whispers? I think I know what you mean, but what do you mean by that? Well, I mean by the whispers is it's still that little voice. You know, it's like, you know, listen, you're successful. You, you're entrepreneurial. You've done, you've done it. And, you know, you have a, a plan, but you have that inner voice when you're trying to make a decision one way or another. And you listen to that voice that's a little bit louder and it doesn't work out. But then all of a sudden you may hear a hypersecond of a whisper. Do this. Yes. No. What have you? Mm -hmm. That's what you need to hear. And as I'm saying, I'm getting like my hair standing up on the back of my neck. You know what I mean? I think what I hear you saying, and this is a, a great lesson, especially for younger people, because old guys like me have been through this. Many times you'll be in the middle of the heat of something. You're excited. You're something new. And uh, like, you know, perhaps we'll touch on this TV show idea. I mean, I went through those gyrations, still continue to, yeah. to be plagued by some of those uh, decisions. And there were many aspects of that situation for me that were not 
They just didn't quite feel right. But I was so excited about the idea of doing what I was doing. And I didn't listen to those little voices. And that's what came to bite me. And it had more to do with interactions with people that I was going, yeah, but I want this to work. But that voice, that whisper was saying, this is the wrong person to align with. Don't get involved with this. Don't do this. Don't do it. I told you so. Right? It's the truth. Listen, when I was filming the pilot, remember I called you and, and we talked, let me just talk for like an hour and a half mm-hmm. and you were going through it with your show yeah. and you're like, listen, this is a lot. And I'm like, I know, I know, I know. And so I partnered up with a guy and he was like, you know, he's in the film industry. He, he's like filmed, uh, Mark, Mark the winner, by the way, is if you ever need a camera guy or a rental, he's got it all. He's got what they call the Russian arm. You know, I have to rush the whole thing. It's a different thing, but he, it's this giant $250,000 uh, uh, arm with the camera on it with a gyro and you attach it to his, his SUV, which is a Porsche SUV. And you drive this, it's insane stuff what he has. And he's become like a little brother to me and he's incredible. And he's got his little son, Spencer, who's like, you want to eat the kid. He's like three years old. He looks like a munchkin. He's adorable. <laughs> and, you know, it's just, I'm in love with him. And they call me uncle Michael and aunt Lisa and the, and the Oliver and Wyatt, you know, my kids are 12 now. They're just starting football. One's five, seven and a half. The other one's five, three and a half. They're both 106. One's 162 and the other one's 166. Wow. They're mooses, moose one, moose two, <laughs> Sonic and boom coming down the field. They had their first practice yesterday and oh my God, it was insane. But anyway, but the, the thing is, is that you guys just, you know, listen to that stuff. And um, it's important because uh, it's basically your history of situations, good and bad, but more importantly, situations that are not, were not so good that uh, stung you. And I'll tell listeners uh, in my case, and I would imagine with you, Michael, as you get old, you're not as old as me, but as you get older, you'll start to realize, oh, I'm stepping into the same pile of doo-doo again. Don't step there. Yeah. Walk around it or turn around and go the other way. And that has, those lessons that were hard learned uh, have taught me well moving into the future. And and more importantly, it teaches us when to say no to things uh, versus just saying yes and then getting bitten later down the road. Would you agree with that? You know, it's funny you say that because honestly, God, I like right now, and we were just talking about Tony Robbins, like right now they say, you know, he always said welcome frustration because that means there's just like a, a, an epic change that's going to be happening, hopefully for the good. And I, I got to tell you, I'm really going through that right now. And it's a struggle. And I've got all this stuff coming out. And, you know, you plant the seeds, you plant the seeds, you plant the seeds. I'm making a slight shift going to more because what I've always done is I've always been uh, commissioned paintings. And it's great. And my best friend, my childhood best friend, he's very, very successful. And he's done all this stuff and he makes a fortune. And he's like, what are you doing? You got to, like I set up my website. I've got prints. I've got sneakers. I've got aprons for cooking. I've got shower curtains for like the car garage, like all these abstract things. And it's all my stuff on there. And he's like, do prints only. What are you doing? You can do very well with that. You're not, you got to get the marketing right. You got to put the money into blah, blah, blah. And I haven't done all of that yet. I've, just, I've been on the PCA Father's Day gift guide just recently. I'm in Panamera this month and it's like, I'm, I'm scared. You know, it's just, you know, you have a family, I have a family to provide for and everything. And I've been doing well. I mean, I, I got the largest commission uh, order of my career in October. It was a, basically a year of salary for three very large paintings. And it was just mind blowing. And uh, it was a four by nine and a four by 10 and a two by 16 foot uh, for 
gentleman. And actually, the, the image that's on Panamara is basically his painting, and that's what was inspired uh, to do his, his actual painting. So it's kind of neat. Well, I'll tell you something. I just had a, another guest on my show last month, uh, ex-Formula One racer, raced for McLaren and Ferrari for 10 years, uh, Stefan Johansson. And I met him okay. at Miller Motorsport Park years ago when I was a guest of uh, Duncan Dayton and his Highcroft racing team when they were running the Le Mans series. And I hadn't seen him since then. And all of a sudden he appeared on an Instagram page. He's an artist now and he's creating paintings. But you touched on something there that is a way for you to scale your business. And other artists have done this very successfully. Scott Jacobs is another one who's been on the show that's become super successful. And you'll see exactly that. I think you're going down somewhat of the right path here. You'll see prints. Um, Stefan is also doing artwork on skateboard blanks. So the actual deck of a skateboard, he's doing hats, he's doing, you know, mugs. I mean, all these different things. And and the key there is to make your art more accessible to more people because not too many people can afford to commission a painting. And that's where you scale your brand. And pr- people, I have that's lots right. of great prints in my house from past guests here on Cars. Yeah, I have one of yours that you're gracious, gracious enough to give me that is in my, my grandson's room. But most people can't afford to buy paintings, but they could buy a print. And absolutely, yeah, that's that's one of the ways to go. But I think the lesson here, really, that I'm hearing you share, Michael, is you got, like you said originally, you got to believe in yourself, but you also need to to look out around you at successful people and emulate. To take a Tony Robbins playbook story, that guy's just emulated other people's success, basically wrapped Rest it in his piece, own yep. package with his big bow. You know, Tony's a big, big presence guy, and that's what you got to do to be successful, especially in the art world. I believe. Absolutely. Now, one of the things that you mentioned in the introduction here, and I always ask about people's passion for cars, is you become a bit of a car collector, although you you steered off the Porsche world into this giant Continental Mark III. But I get it, the relationship to your grandmother. I'm going to twist this uh, question up for you a little bit. If I could provide you with your next collector car, and I'll pay for it. Now, if you want a Ferrari GTO, I might have to throttle back a little bit because that might be beyond <laughs> my checkbook. But it, within reason, if there's something that you would like to park in your garage as the next car, what would it be? Oh, 911. A 911. Uh, okay. Actually, actually, wait a minute. You know what? <laughs> I, now things, that I'm paying, because it's a turbo. <laughs> I, I, I love the 930s. I mean, that is like, holy crap, you know. But I, I do have to say that if I could find a 914.6 GT oh, yeah. with the flares. It doesn't have to be an original, like a tribute. Yeah. Uh, there is there is a car that I saw uh, on the auction. It was, uh, it's avant-garde. They're out of Oregon. And they sold a tribute. It went for like 130 grand. Watch the video because the guy is driving around the streets and this thing is so nasty. It is pissed off. It is spitting, it's spewing. The exhaust note on it is beyond intoxicating. It's addicting. And it's just like he's coming around and I'm like, oh my God. I think, I honestly think that would be the next one that I would get. And I say it very like gingerly because, you know, the reality is is that when you start being able to do this, it's just a very surreal thing. And now... I've got four cars. I've really got six cars, uh, two that are dailies, 
uh, I picked up a Boxster S uh, 2000, about January would be two years. I had 29,000 miles on it. It was a great car. It came from uh, uh, Virginia. A gentleman took very good care of it, Dave. And I never really liked them that much, the, new, the first ones. They were nice, but that generation and with the, with the 911s too, they were not mean looking. They were, very, they were really narrow bodies in a modern world. And I just, I never liked them. I never liked them. And then I got this car and now I drive it literally every day. I put 7,000 miles on the car. It's got about 37,000 miles on, which is still very low for a 2000. I absolutely love it. It's full leather interior. It was like 64 grand when it was bought new. I haven't had the IMS done yet on it, but I drive it every day. Um, when I was down in Dallas at a, at a place called Race Performance, it's a, a dear friend, uh, Jackie Rolf. I went down there in October and, you know, his mechanics were telling me, like, listen, it's about 2%, maybe 8%, I guess, that there's problems. But as long as you're checking the oil and doing everything, you're okay. The one thing, though, that it scares me with that car is that if, God forbid, anything really goes wrong with that, that is a fetal position sucking your thumb, <laughs> crying for mommy. It's just like, I'm like, oh, my God. That can get pricey. Oh, brother. Is that car that you're talking about at Avant-Garde, was that a blue 73-914 with GT4? It was, it was like a royal blue. And, you know, what's funny is I was trying to get on, with speaking with the auctions, I was trying to get on an auction site, you know, to spread out. So I was on P-Car Market. And let me just say, David Jacobson, who has become a friend, is phenomenal as a person. Uh, he's just a great guy. He's always had my back, and he's and the staff there is fantastic. So I was there, and you know, in the beginning, I was like, you know, I want to get on the other websites and just to spread it out because I figured, you know what, that could double, and it was almost impossible. And bring a trailer was only cars, you know, and that's their model. And mm -hmm. uh, it was very hard to get on with artwork. There was one individual who was on there and I became friends with him. He's a phenomenal guy, phenomenal Felix. And uh, his artwork is mind blowing. And I just couldn't get on. And so these avant guards they were very nice guys. Like, well, we do a lot. Like, Maybe I could get on, you know, and never really went anywhere. I did a painting uh, of a Lamborghini Miura, which would be my SV, which would be the car that I would get if I like won it big. And like, you know, I was the next billion. That would be the first car I would get. I mean, if I <laughs> yeah. was. Yeah. Yeah, the mirrors are that, that, pretty. That. Yeah, they're pretty cool. Oh, yeah. For sure, for sure. Incredible. Is there a, a, a great book? You know, we love books here. Is there a great book since the last time you were on the show that you've read you want to share? You know, it's funny. I'm not a big reader. I, I really am not a big reader. My wife, Lisa, is a brilliant. She's the Jeopardy queen. You know, like everything <laughs> from just can you take care of it? Just tell me, you know. So I'm really in a bubble. But the one thing that I rely on that I have read daily is the four agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. I literally, it's like an everybody loves Raymond episode. I meet somebody, by the way, have you ever read the four agreements? And Lisa will be like, really again? I'm like, yes, yes, I got to tell them. I have to tell people. I have to really? be yeah. a voice, you know? So it's just, that is my book. That is like, you can adapt it to everything, you know, but you have to, it comes back to faith and belief in yourself. You got to believe and that it will work. And so it's number one, be impeccable with your word. Don't say anything against yourself or others. Number two, don't take anything personal when it's a negative because it's that person's perception of their reality, whatever they're visualizing, whatever they're going through, that's how they perceive it. That doesn't mean that it's actual. It's just what's actual is what's actual. Mm -hmm. It's the actual thing that happened, whatever that may be in the moment of now, that's what's real. 
whether we believe it or we don't believe it, it's still the thing that transcends through time, right? So that's that. And then uh, uh, never make assumption. You know, just you know, never make assumption. Don't allow that because we start to daydream the negative, right? You don't have to daydream the negative. Daydream the positive, you know, and be your best. Even if you're on your knees and you're, you're really struggling, you got to be your best. If you're giving it your all, if you're giving it everything you've got, then at the end of the day, you know you left it all out there. And it may work, it may not work, but at least you know, and you've got to remind yourself that you gave it your all. You've got to take the moments where, you know, for entrepreneurs or people, you know, we're very driven people in a lot of ways. We're also very stubborn in a lot of ways. We're also don't give ourselves enough recognition to pat yourself on the back and say, Hey, listen, you actually are doing something. Mm -hmm. You know, you actually really are creating something. And I don't think about that at all. I'm just like, Oh man, I gotta do this. I gotta do that. And I forget. And then what happens is that you get into a, I would say it's a struggle, but you, you're not really understanding the true essence of what you really have created. When you step back and you really can step back and take a look at, holy crap, I, I actually really did that. <laughs> and it's just, it still doesn't seem real. So, you know, those are the things that you really look at. But like uh, looking at the Panamera magazine I was talking about before, all right, it's here. I open it up. I'm like, wow. But then there's like this dead silence. Like, hmm, I feel like I just, you know, I'm just looking at something that I'm working on as an art piece. I don't realize that it's gone out to over 100,000 people. And I'm starting to get calls in and congratulations, this and that. And, you know, all this type of stuff is happening. And I'm like, wow, it's, it's just, and I'm just still me. I, I'm just, not that this is like in the lottery, but for me in the art world and me as a, as a Porsche guy, it's probably besides owning them, this is literally one of the coolest moments for myself in my own world. Not, but it's like as a private moment. When, it, when I first got the digital, you know, my parents are gone and I got emotional. Like I like start because I, you know, my mom's not here. My dad's not, even though they're here within spirit, they're not here, you know, and I can visualize my father and hear my father and thank God I can imitate him. You know, <laughs> he would just be like, you did what? And he'd be screaming to his wife, my son, are you kidding me? Are you kidding? He'd be going nuts, absolutely bonkers. And those are the things that, you know, yeah, it's, you know, that's the tough spot. <laughs> there, but you it's go. Just... there you go. Well, let's go on the ultimate drive here. As you know, I love to enable people to have some fun. So I'm going to buy you any car. If it's that Mira, okay, I'll buy you yeah. one of those. You can take it for a drive. But here's the key part and the fun part is you can take somebody with you that maybe is no longer with us or it could be somebody that's around today. If you want to take your wife and kids, you can do that too. So what does the ultimate drive look like for you? We got to start with the car though. Well, the car, if it was going to be for, I mean, obviously a Lamborghini or SUV would be incredible, but if we're really going to do it and you want to take the kids, probably nine thirty, that would be insane. I mean, I, I love that. I actually, when I was filming the television pilot, I, I interviewed Peter Gregg's son, Simon, and well, Chuck Beck and a guy named Jerry Peters and Stefan, who's a dresser. But I got to drive uh, Peter Gregg's 930 Turbo, 76, BBS wheels, Dr. Furman seats, all original that was restored by Simon. And it was given to Peter by Porsche to entice him to come back to race for Porsche when he was racing for BMW in 75 or what have you. Mm -hmm. and, and that would be the car. It, it, that thing was sick. And it, it was just like, that would be the fun thing. 
Peter Gregg's 930. <laughs> yeah. And I've driven. I drove for two days. And here, right around Road Atlanta, it was the most insane thing. We were filming. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. And people were like, wow, nice car. They thought it was mine. I'm like, yeah, it's, you know, it's got to be anywhere from, I, I know the cost factor on restoring it was close to half a million. I mean, it's insane. And I'm driving, and all Simon was, and Simon's about to go, just please be careful. I'm like, brother, you got another word. I was spit shining that thing. I was cleaning that thing. I was dusting when I got back. Oh, it was crazy. Well, I'll tell you something interesting, because the day that we're recording this show with you, my guest today is Jack Atkinson. Jack was one of the first Brumos employees before Brumos was called Brumos of the Brundage family wow. racing. He was good friends. Uh, Peter Gregg, he knew Peter Gregg when Peter Gregg just started racing. In fact, Jack uh, told me that he built the first Porsche that Hurley Haywood ever raced before Hurley Haywood even had a racing license and sent him to racing school in that Porsche uh, for Porsche or for Brumos, I should say, because he raced for Brumos for so many years. But uh, yeah, Peter Gregg uh, was a guy that he hung out with way back when Peter was young and, you know, just starting out. So kind of funny that you mentioned Peter Gregg and the Porsche 930. So uh, that's going to cost me a little bit of money here, but I'll get to work on that for you. Try to get that in front of your house. Well, we've got another fun drive here today and we could talk for hours and hours, but I wondered if you could leave us with maybe a word of inspiration or a success quote of some kind that might inspire others to uh, achieve their dreams and work hard towards that. Listen, number one, believe in yourself and get a, well, I'm very bad as far as planning. I'm very abstract, but get that vision and a hundred percent, a thousand percent believe it, visualize it, write it down, utilize every tool that you possibly can to see that, to see the execution of that, to see the fulfillment of that, to be able to see when it happens. And I've done everything from hypnosis with my artwork that it's funny, this was like 15 years ago. And the funny thing is I would listen to it all the time and I really kind of achieved what I was listening to. And I haven't listened to it in a while, but here I am. So believe in that, I was watching Arnold on Netflix and it's a phenomenal documentary. And basically the way he achieved 100% he, conviction, 100%, he already saw it happening. He would see it all the time, the pictures, this, that, every single thing. And those are the things that you need. And for me, as being a 55-year-old father of two married, I have to reinvent myself in my belief system because I do it but not to that level. It's almost like I don't have to study for the test. I'm kind of getting there. And that's not the way to do it. You've got to prepare yourself. You've got to be able to hunker down and really do the things that may be uncomfortable and not maybe uncomfortable, that are uncomfortable, that are out of that comfort zone. And it comes back to that faith in yourself and not being scared to step into the, into the water and, and do what you have to do. And I think I'm at that kind of crossroads right now because when I think about it, you know, I've got cars and so on and so forth. I'm wanting to expand my business. And a friend of mine was like, well, why don't you just sell one of the cars? You get good money for it. You can put that into the business. I'm like, yeah. And my inner voice is like, I don't want to do that. I want to hold on to it. I want to hold on to it. I'm like, which one would I sell? I asked my boys, if you had to pick one, which would you sell? Would you sell the boxer? Would you sell the Continental? Would you sell? And they're like, I don't know. So one son says the Continental, one son says the boxer. And I'm like, oh man, I, and I'm still not doing what I need to do to expand and really expand on what I want to do. And I'm going through it right now. And so, you know, talking with you today is very cathartic. And 
it's just like, all right, you know, I'm talking with my buddy. I mean, you know, you're my friend, you know, we really have developed a friendship and it's all based on this, but it's really all based on you seeing my stuff on Facebook five years ago and saying, Hey, you know, I'd like to have this guy on. This would be pretty good. (laughs) Well, you go. How can people learn more about you and see what we've been talking about today? Well, what's so great now and that's different is I actually have my website now. So, and my Instagram page, but my website is just my name. It's uh, www.michaelledwitz, that's L-E-D-W-I-T-Z.com. And I've created it and you can take a look at it and uh, I would love to hear feedback on it. I've got frame prints. Uh, I'm going to be adding more stuff. I created sneakers, Converse, like Chuck Taylor stuff with my designs on them, which are really cool for men and for women. I've done aprons for barbecues and cookouts and for the ultimate car nut like me. Uh, And then for, you know, a lot of these car condos are coming up. So they have themed bathrooms and living areas. So I've designed shower curtains as well. I think I may be going into maybe like blankets and duvets and, you know, I'm just on everything. I just, you know, because I want to be able to do it, but I also have to be more dialed in. And my focus is my artwork. My focus is print business. And, but I want to be able to have that for like we were talking about, you know, you need to have low hanging fruit where everybody can feel that they can achieve this. It doesn't mean you have to spend $40,000 on, on paintings or $100,000 or whatever. You know, there's prints out there that reasonably priced, framed, and then you have smaller stuff too. So I really want to expand more on that where I can become a brand. And I joke around, I've, I've shown friends, I'm like, oh my God, I said I'm the male version of Martha Stewart is what I've been joking around saying. And I just want to be able to get out there and be able to spread the love and spread the joy and, and really be able to help people and on all aspects. So, you know, I'm always available. You could always reach out to me and, you know, I always try and reach back uh, as quick as I can. If I don't, I'm apologizing in advance. I may be a little bit busy, but I will always get back to you. So I really just appreciate all the support. Yeah, absolutely. I'll make sure I put all these links on Michael's show notes page. Check it out. The new website is very cool, by the way. So very cool. You can sign up to receive newsletters and get updates on what he's doing. Michael, thanks for taking a little pit stop with me, checking back in here at Cars Yeah and sharing where you've grown. I love having guests back who have evolved and grown and improved and advanced. Uh, It's a great part, especially when you've been doing this for over nine years like I have. Until you and I talk again, my friend, I'll see you down the road. Absolutely, brother. Love you, pal. You're the best. And I appreciate everything. Thank you. All right, buddy. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!